0: The Disney Time Podcast.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Disney Time Podcast. I'm your host, Micah, and joining me today is my co host, Rissa. Hello. How's it going today, Rissa?
0: Well, I'm doing well.
1: All right, cool. So uh, do you remember back in November of 2018, it was November five when we released this episode, episode 16, Growing Up Disney Fans. You remember recording that? Yeah, I do. All right, so um, we're gonna start another series. You and I are gonna do a series on uh, Growing Up Disney. And uh, first we're gonna focus on the movies uh, since the movies were a big part of our childhood. And then we'll talk about other things like Disney Channel, video games, Disney fashion, pin trading, Disney vacations. Uh, But first, we'll start off with the movies that influenced us as Disney fans growing up.
0: Yeah, they were kind of like part of who we were growing up, you know, like every 90s kid or for you late 80s kid, um, they were part of the fabric of who we were growing up.
1: Yeah, especially... You know, with the VHS, that was a big thing for when I was growing up. I don't know. I know they, they moved into DVDs later on, and we had that too. But uh, do you remember the VHSs?
0: Um, yeah, we had a bunch of the VHSs too. I'm not sure if we ever had the, some of the Black Diamond ones. Um, we definitely had re-releases from The Vault.
1: Yes, I, I recall that too. So, um, So the first set of movies we're going to look at are the classic animated movies. So this period... It's going to start with Snow White, which was the first full-length feature film in 1937, and then it's going to end with The Rescuers in 1977, because after that, it was the Dark Ages. <laughs> All right, so um, you ready to take a look at you know how these movies impacted us as kids?
0: Yeah, let's do it.
1: All right, so I just mentioned Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Uh, we did go over that in um, our other series, right?
0: Yeah, the Disneyfication series.
1: Yeah, so I mean, if you guys want to go back to that episode, check it out, listen to what we had to say about you know the source material versus the animated movie, but we're going to be talking about how it affected us as kids. Uh, so we did have the VHS of this. We did, and and we did watch it. So, um, do you like how young were you when you watched it?
0: I don't really remember how young I was when I first watched this movie, but. Uh, it definitely wasn't my first Disney movie. Um Our parents weren't big on doing chronological watches or anything like that. Um, they were just big on having Disney in our lives, whether it was a vacation or it was movies. Um, but they weren't as gung-ho Disney as we are. So I think part part of them kind of like uh, regrets how much they influenced us uh, because they're like, man, you guys are a a bit much.
1: (laughs) I mean, we have a whole podcast and everything on it. So it's like
0: like you're raising your son in the in the way of Disney, um, kind of similar to how we were raised, but a, a bit more because you had an annual pass and whatever we didn't we just ended up going on a family vacation once a year um snow white it wasn't like critical to my childhood i do remember owning like i feel like it was from the philippines um the seven dwarfs rubber toy set like they they look like squeak dog squeaky toys and um it was just all seven of them and um i do remember when we were playing you know like playing as kids our parents did their own thing and you and I we were just like playmates um we tended to play this game where we were different dwarfs and you always wanted to be dopey
1: yeah I love dopey I don't know if it was the combination of the green with the purple or because he's the and clean shaven one uh-huh but I I love dopey I don't know now now more 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 I lean more toward I don't know doc or something not not really dopey anymore <laughs> do, do you
0: remember which one was my favorite and still is my favorite?
1: Uh, grumpy?
0: No. <laughs> which one is it? S- Doc. Doc. Uh,
1: Doc. Doc. Oh, okay. Yeah. Doc. Okay, it's Doc. Doc has
0: always been my favorite. Um, it kind of matches my personality, I think, um, him being the leader uh, and, right, and right, whatever exactly. and being super intelligent. So yeah, he, he was kind of the one that I always uh, connected with.
1: I seem to recall, yeah, so I do remember that squeaky toy set I, I think it really was from the Philippines because i I remember there were some stuffed toy uh dwarves that we had too, and I remember them from the Philippines, yeah, like they were like dirty, yeah, you remember those they were <laughs> they were I like do. like they were not really a full character form, they were like like round you round had things. you
0: had a dopey um. It looked like a pillow pet, like an early pillow pet where it, it wasn't like a flat, the the modern pillow pets, but it was like a pillow material. Yeah. Do you remember that?
1: Yeah, I remember that too. Yeah. I don't know what happened to it, but he, yeah, I remember We probably that.
0: ended up throwing it away because it got dirty or whatever.
1: Yeah, old and whatever, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we've had the memorabilia. We watched it as kids, but it wasn't really integral to our uh, forming of- of the love of Disney. No. All right, all right. Let's uh, let's take a look at the next movie. I know we had this movie also on on VHS. It would be Pinocchio, which was the second um, full length animated feature, 1940. Uh, so, what do you remember about growing up with that movie or Pinocchio?
0: My most distinctive memory about Pinocchio was actually our cousin. Um, since we lived in a multi generational household uh, in the Bay Area. When our family started immigrating over, our cousins or our aunts and uh, ended up staying with us. Our cousin, he was kind of, um, I don't want to say klutz, but he had a a streak of bad luck with breaking things. And he was babysitting us, and uh, we wanted to watch Pinocchio for whatever reason. And he put it into the, I don't remember if he actually tried it in the VCR or if he used the rewinding thing, but it got stuck and he tried pulling it out and it just like uh, wrecked the the VHS.
1: I remember that. It got stuck in the rewinder. I remember yeah. that rewinder was like, that one was uh, was kind of uh, touchy, you know? Like you have to put it in a certain way, otherwise it will break stuff. <laughs>
0: yeah. I don't even remember what year it was. It was probably early 90s, um, maybe 94, 95. But yeah, I, I do remember... That was the the VHS that got broken, and I was really upset because I really wanted to watch Pinocchio for so, for some reason.
1: But I mean, in terms of childhood, did did you do you have any like fond memories of Pinocchio? Or I mean, because I remember I remember Pinocchio's village house. That's what I remember about Pinocchio. Yeah,
0: no, yeah, that's my fond my fond memories from childhood is a uh, Fantasyland, and we have a lot of pictures that you know at nighttime. That's where we would eat dinner. Um, I don't know why. Maybe it was the ambiance and the lighting and whatever. But um, that's where we would eat when we were on vacations.
1: I love that place. Now that it's Red Rose Tavern, it's just like, uh, it's okay. It's okay. But I I miss Pinocchio. <laughs> I do.
0: I do too. Um, I mean, it the, the land needs to, to be able to grow and change. So they they probably took a survey and people really loved Red Rose and they kept it.
1: I think that's exactly what happened. They were surveying people and they said, what did you think of Red Rose? And then everybody said, we love it. So they kept it.
0: Yeah, the the flip side of that is they didn't ask, what did you think of Red Rose replacing (laughs) Village House? You know? Exactly. So, but it's okay. Um, They're comparable and it still feels the same. It's just all of the things are covered. So I feel like they should, while Disneyland's closed right now, they should probably like fix it.
1: Like full on, full make on, it.
0: yeah. Instead of having like drapery covering the paintings, like if you're gonna do it, just do it.
1: Just paint, paint over it, or like replace the painting with a new one or something. Right?
0: Yeah, take your pictures so it can go in the archive, and then just paint over it.
1: Yeah, yeah, just do it. <laughs> All right. So another thing is, you know, the the opening for a lot of these movies, especially for the VHS, it's da, 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 da. it's the When You Wish Upon a Star, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's another thing. It's like. Iconic for me from Pinocchio.
0: Yeah, uh, Jiminy Cricket was probably my favorite sidekick growing up.
1: Oh, before yeah?
0: before we started like watching the Renaissance movies, but we'll touch on that later on. But yeah, I think Jiminy Cricket just because he was such a pure character, um, I really liked him.
1: Yeah, he was great. He was a really good sidekick. I know it was just like, wow, they took a a bum cricket and made him <laughs> to uh, a yeah. conscience.
0: It, it it's it's interesting how. Um, Disney could take you know throw away characters and turn them into something great. Um, it's same the same thing with their heroes archetypes. Um, so I really liked Jiminy Cricket as a character, and I feel like it was it was part of my upbringing where you know how we've talked. I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast, but when I when we were growing up, and I knew I did something wrong, our parents didn't have to like scold me or anything. I would put myself in the corner. And I feel like it was that influence of having my own conscience and understanding what a conscience was, thanks to to Jiminy Cricket.
1: Thanks, Jiminy.
0: Yeah, thanks.
1: <laughs> it's like you, you're self, self punishing, you know? Yeah,
0: you know. It was it was my childhood version of um, having the devil and the angel on my on my shoulders. I had well, a there. Cricket. You have it. I had a cricket.
1: Pinocchio. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, the next movie that was a classic that we have here is Fantasia, same year as Pinocchio released, 1940. Um, so we did have this on VHS. And um, what did you think every time you watched this? For me, it's just like I, I felt like it was a mixed bag because, you know, there's different scenes. So yeah. it's like it's not really cohesive.
0: The crazy thing about Fantasia is I have this Crazy, crazy memory. Um, it was uh, one year of a Thanksgiving. Um, our parents, before we had any big family dinners, they would make us take a nap so we could last, you know, the whole night. And um, I remember taking a nap and having this trippy dream. Um, I we probably watched Fantasia like a day or two before, and I had this trippy dream of like dancing hippopotamuses, hippopotami, and um, like. It was a very vivid, like colorful dream, and I was going through the different scenes. And I feel like it was a recurring dream because I I remember it. Um, but yeah, that's how sticking it is in my in my mind because our grandma used to put help put me to sleep by playing uh, a lot of classical music. So uh, my mind just related classical music to Fantasia, and then I would have these weird trippy dreams.
1: Yeah, like the. You know, like the Bach fugue where he goes,
0: da, na, 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 yeah. na,
1: na, na, right? That's mm-hmm. just like every time I hear that, like I, I've been listening to Bach, right? And then I hear that and I'm like, I just remember Fantasia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So for me, you know, it's like the Night on Bald Mountain scene, it gave me nightmares. I oh, yeah, it's definitely. <laughs> Chernabog
0: and his Dancing oh, Demons. Um, I definitely loved my favorite. Uh, scene from Fantasia is probably the sorcerer Mickey part. Um just because right. it, it's Mickey Mouse, you know?
1: Yeah, he's the most relatable of all the characters there. And then you see him like he's Yensid's apprentice and then he's like told not to do this stuff and then dun, 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 you know? Yep. <laughs> so yeah, um I mean it's it obviously inspired Phantasmic, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just like when you first watch Fantasmic, you're like, Oh, I remember Sorcerer Mickey and it's like dreams and all this stuff. It's really cool. I, yeah. I like that part.
0: I, I really liked Fantasia because it, um, it helped children understand like how music has, can emote in different ways. It's still how I kind of, uh, listen to music. If I close my eyes sometimes when I'm listening to like jazz or classical music or sometimes even hip hop or, or whatever um, I can see color and I can see like, I don't know if it's because we grew up during a time where music videos were a thing. Like every channel had their own music video block. And uh, yeah, I I just remember that's how I listen to music now. It's just, I, hear a, p- a piece and I can see color and I can see diff- the movement of the notes and um, yeah, Fantasia had some weird psychedelic effect on my mind
1: Yeah, that, that's actually coming back nowadays. There's this keyboard that like lights up when you, it, it's like a training keyboard and it lights up a different color when it hits a different note. So it's just like you know, the color thing is is coming back now.
0: Yeah, because I, I, I remember um, I don't know if we'll ever touch on this but Fantasia 2000 uh, where they do Rhapsody in Blue, and they animate this in in this style that is it's all blue, but it's it's a jazzy piece. Most people will relate it to the Uni- United Airlines theme, um, right? But I always relate it to that that sequence in Fantasia two thousand.
1: Yeah, that was a uh, innovative. Yeah, I, I really loved it. I remember watching that in IMAX actually. So, yeah, I mean we might it talk gorgeous. about that. It was gorgeous. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was pretty awesome, and that was in San Francisco too. That yeah. I'm actually watching it in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so I mean, the next movie that we have here, The Reluctant Dragon. I mean, that was not part of our time. I don't even know if they put it on VHS, but I haven't, I haven't seen it there.
0: What is it? I feel uh, like a bad Disney fan.
1: <laughs> uh, it's some story about a dragon that that didn't want to. I don't know. He didn't want to do something. <laughs> <laughs> he was reluctant to do something. I don't know. Okay. But but yeah, it for you know it wasn't. Uh, like one of those big box office blockbuster things. The one for that year was Dumbo in nineteen forty-one. Uh-huh. So yeah, I mean we have th- we had that one on on VHS. I remember watching that a bunch. So what do you remember about Dumbo in your childhood?
0: Um, I don't remember having a toy, but I had one later in life. That's a stuffed animal Dumbo. I'm not sure if it was given to me or if I bought it. Um, but Dumbo as a movie didn't really influence me very much. Um that scene with the was it the the bubbles and the elephants,
1: the elephants on parade.
0: Yeah, that one scared me. Um, I think I probably cried when um, the mom was was you know like locked up and whatever. Um, right. But my fondest memories of of Dumbo are in the parks,
1: riding the riding the Dumbo ride.
0: Mm-hmm. That was probably my favorite night ride growing up.
1: Do you remember the feather? When they Mm -hmm. gave us a feather,
0: yeah, that they're definitely not doing that anymore.
1: I know now. Nowadays they just give you a number and they say stand on the number, and then you go to the corresponding Dumbo. Yeah. Before it's like, oh, we got a feather, you know.
0: Yeah, (laughs) that was fun. That was
1: fun, Um, but yeah, that scene, the elephants on parade scene, that's the one that I I used to um, meld that together in my dream with the elephants with Heffalumps and Woozles. Oh. Cuz I'm I, I confused it. I used to confuse it like Elephants on Parade and Heffalumps and Woozles, I would like blend them in my dream together. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird. And then and then I'd be like confused because I would think, "Oh, the Heffalumps and Woozles and Dumbo were the same movie, but no, it's not. It's different No, things. they're yeah. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, that's Dumbo. Um, so let's look at the next year, which was 1942. There were two movies. The big one obviously is Bambi. So What do you remember about that in our childhood?
0: I don't know. Um, I do remember watching it and watching it the whole way through. Um, It wasn't one of the movies that we tended to rewatch. Probably because there's, you know, a little bit of violence in there. Um, Yeah, I I just didn't relate to any of the characters in Bambi very much.
1: I couldn't either. Uh, For me, like, what I remember from Bambi is watching it in school. Like... (laughs) Oh like, like extended uh,
0: daycare
1: yeah, like they'll play they'll just play the video in school or like on a day where it's a substitute teacher and they're just playing they'd play the movies, and then it's just like one of those approved movies because it's Bambi, so I would watch it and then fall asleep because that April showers song makes me fall asleep
0: it's it's very relaxing
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, all right. So the the next movie that they did was Saludos Amigos. Um, that one was actually when Walt did that tour around South America.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so they they made a movie. They they had some footage of them visiting the different countries, and then they did like a song or something related to those different countries. So that's or like a little animated story related to them. Uh I didn't I don't remember, I don't think I watched it. Um back then in, as we were kids, but I watched it recently on Disney Plus because it was on there.
0: Mm. Did Zane watch it with you?
1: No, he was already asleep. I just wanted to watch it because it's one of those old movies. You know, he, he doesn't like to watch the old stuff. It's too old, right? Mm-hmm. But, but I wanted to because it's like, it's one of those classic things.
0: Wait, so he he hasn't watched like Snow White or Pinocchio or anything like that?
1: Uh, He has, but I don't think he remembers them. Ah. But, but we've, we've watched it with him, those older ones. Mm-hmm. All right, did, do you did you ever watch Saludos Amigos? I know it's on it's on Disney Plus. If you want to, <laughs>
0: this next stretch of movies, I I actually have not watched.
1: Okay, yeah, so we can just like talk about it until we get to something maybe you've actually remembered. <laughs> All right, so Saludos Amigos, and then there's Victory Through Air Power. I think that was more of like a propaganda film for the war effort. You know, it's just like showing victory. I think it was the Donald Duck one. If you remember going to the uh,
0: Museum. Disney
1: Fam- yeah, Disney Family yeah. Museum. They like play clips from that.
0: Yeah, I do remember a lot of these uh, titles from the Family Museum because it was during that time where um, animation wasn't, they couldn't do very much except help the US with the propaganda. Um, right. You know, it's it's wartime, so.
1: Yeah, so then, the, then they made that uh, movie, the next one in 1944, The Three Caballeros. And I also watched this on Disney Plus recently because I wanted to see oh, what is the original film about? They actually made a web cartoon recently in 2018 called The Three Caballeros and they have like powers and stuff.
0: (laughs) Interesting. Yeah, I I didn't watch it, the original or the web cartoon, but um, I did ride the ride in Epcot and I do remember them in the refresh of Small World. There's a little hidden Mickey in there with The Three Caballeros.
1: Yeah, that's true. They are in the small world.
0: In Disneyland, at least
1: <laughs> in Disneyland, yeah, yeah. All right, so then there's uh, in 1946, they did Make Mine Music, and then their big feature from then was Song of the South. Um, I think I handed you a copy of this on DVD. You I did, I just well.
0: haven't like watched it, <laughs> yeah. I haven't um, like gotten the courage to watch it. Um, it's kind of a <laughs> I feel like we we watched it before, like a long time ago. I feel like we might have owned the VHS. I don't remember because I, or it was like a sing along version of um, because I remember watching the sequence of Zippity Doo on VHS. That was
1: that was a sing along. Do you remember the Disney sing alongs where they where it has like the da, na 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 na? You know that part
0: uh, probably. at the beginning. I don't yeah. know.
1: So they have this sing-along where there's a bouncing ball and it uh-huh. like follows the mm-hmm. bouncing ball. Yeah. That's probably where you remember zippity doo because that's that's what I remember from that.
0: Okay. Yeah. So I've seen that sequence and that's it.
1: Right. And that's probably the best sequence in the whole movie because I watched it,
0: you mm-hmm. know, because
1: I, I gave you a copy of the DVD. I have one too, but I watched it and it's like, I, I wanted to just fast forward through everything until it got to Zippity-Doo-Dah because that's like the best scene in the movie.
0: Yeah yeah it's it's kind of um probably really hard to watch with us um you know yeah' growing nowadays up, it's, growing yeah. up and, it, during this time and and knowing uh how wrong it is so
1: about the antebellum south and all that yeah yeah yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah so I kind of I'm kind of in the camp of yeah go ahead change Splash mountain
1: <laughs> speaking of Splash mountain that's probably the memory you remember from this movie right?
0: Oh yeah, the zippity-doo-dah and um, all of the, the different music that's incorporated throughout Splash Mountain.
1: Yeah, like Laughing Place. Everybody has a laughing place, mm-hmm. right? But it's kind of funny because, you know, a lot of that movie, Song of the South, doesn't really have uh, the animated characters in it. It's just a lot of Uncle Remus telling the story and yeah. then it doesn't really follow the ride.
0: Mm-hmm. It's like the
1: ride is, is different. It's a separate entity, you know?
0: It is. Um, because uh the ride they took the characters from um America sings isn't that right? Yeah, they did. Yeah.
1: So yeah, that they they just wanted to reuse them, but I I don't know why they chose song of the south. They could have done another movie. They could have. All right. So um yeah, so then there's more that you probably haven't seen like Fun and Fancy Free um and Melody Time. They were really into, you know, using music and musical scores to go along with their animation. It was it was pretty innovative at that time period.
0: Yeah, if you go to the Disney Family Museum, um they have this interesting uh exhibit. I I'm not sure if they're doing it right now um because of COVID, but there's um this scene where you can sync the music like the things that you're doing on on the the little interactive thing to what you're seeing. Um and that's how they used to to sync the music and and animation.
1: Yeah, it's pretty interesting. I I liked it. So um, the next movie, So Dear to My Heart, that one, um, we had a, a comp- Disney Songs compilation album and, and this song was actually on one of them. So, I don't remember I don't do the remember song. That? No? <laughs>
0: no, I remember owning the compilations. Um, there was like a red one, a blue one and a green one, I think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, do- I don't remember that song, though.
1: So this one they they fused some animation with live action, so that was what was uh, you know pretty innovative. But they did do that in Three Caballeros as well. So it's just using that again.
0: They did that um, even earlier on with the Alice stories.
1: That's right. That's right. Before the whole um, Disney studio, well, Disney Studios took mm-hmm. off. All right. So um, the next uh, movie we see here was nineteen forty nine. Uh, The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. And now that was based on The Wind in the Willows book. So do you remember watching this at all?
0: I feel like I did, but only like pieces of it. Because I think this is another one that we've watched at school during like extended daycare. uh, Because we didn't own the VHS ourselves. Um, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride was definitely one of my favorites in Fantasyland. Um, it's no longer one of my favorites because it's just kind of dark. You end up in hell and that's where you end the ride. But yeah, as a kid, it was a lot of fun because you just go on this crazy ride and it's a really one of the more fun dark rides. But yeah, now it's not.
1: Yeah, that's crazy. Like and then the ride itself isn't really it doesn't really follow the movie, but it's, you know, standalone. And it's pretty cool. And it's Mr. Toad. So um, but yeah, that's that's what I remember mostly. I have memories of riding Mr. Toad's Wild Ride and pretending to drive the cab.
0: Yeah, <laughs> even though the wheel does nothing.
1: <laughs> exactly, it just it drives itself. But it, I used to just like pretend to steer. So yeah, um, yeah. I, I actually, I think I watched parts of it, like you were saying, at the extended care. But that's that's about it. So the next one is more familiar to both of us. It's Cinderella in 1950. And we did have the VHS and we watched this also. So uh, how did that shape you as a kid?
0: I feel like we had the re-release of this. Um, Disney used to do this thing where they would seal things in the vault. Uh, I don't know if they're doing that anymore, but it, they always made it a really, really big deal when something was coming out of the vault. And it was a really great marketing tool for, for Disney because I remember asking her parents, you know, to, to, get the special edition or whatever the re-release and and um i think i when they did the vault drops they also had other merch releasing so like um different like costumes and like barbies and whatever so i think i owned a barbie of cinderella and um i mean i don't remember ever playing cinderella but i played with my barbie and that's pretty much it
1: wow yeah so i mean for for me I do remember those re-releases, and it was like a big deal because once it goes in the vault, you don't know when they're gonna come out with another version, right? Yeah. And so I, I actually bought the Blu-ray when they came out with that Diamond Edition.
0: <laughs> oh, you did.
1: I did. So I own the, I own the Blu-ray for Cinderella. Actually, I started. I, it was like back in college when they started releasing all these Blu-rays, Diamond Edition ones, and I was yeah. like, "Ooh, I want them." So I started collecting them too.
0: Yeah, I remember. I remember they also did um, Aladdin. So,
1: yeah, and they and they also did Lion King, so I have that too.
0: Yeah, but they haven't resealed the vault.
1: (laughs) Right, exactly. So it's like, what's the point?
0: (laughs) Marketing, other
1: than to give them money, right? Yeah, yeah, they're smart. They know what they're doing.
0: And um, for for you know, Disney's so smart that they're the only like Blu-rays that never go on sale during Black Friday or any like different things. They hold their value for whatever reason.
1: Because it's Disney, I guess. I guess.
0: But now everything's on on Disney Plus. Do you still need to buy everything?
1: Well, they do have this like points system. If you buy the Blu-ray or the DVD, they have a little code and then you go to the rewards thing and you can put it in and get some rewards points. Hmm. So, I mean, they don't have that with Disney Plus, but if you buy a Blu-ray or DVD, you get some points.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but do you ever use them? Do you ever gather enough points to actually use them before they expire?
1: no i I have like a hundred points accumulated, but it can't really buy anything right yep, so it's like it's pretty much useless all right, so after Cinderella in nineteen fifty one they came out with Alice in Wonderland, so how did that shape you influence you?
0: I don't really think that the movie itself influenced me, uh but I do remember reading the actual book because I had a whole bunch of like quote unquote classic books that. I read through when we were going on a trip to New York and then afterwards I decided to like compare the Disney movie to it. I mean, there's only so much a, a young kid can do to compare <laughs> these things, but um, clearly Disney had their own departures from from the book and we'll probably eventually talk about that in our other series. But yeah, the the movie itself didn't influence me m- as much as the rides did in Disneyland.
1: So the two rides, Alice in Wonderland ride and the teacups? Right so I mean uh what did you what did you think about those those rides in comparison to like you know the, this movie itself
0: I mean they're the Alice in Wonderland ride kind of follows the movie so it, it follows up pretty well too especially with the refresh that they had recently Um right. They had different additions and, and different uh, projection mapping. That's really cool that they added. But yeah, it's it's one of the more unique dark rides because you get to go outside as well as the indoor feel with all of the, the nice painting scenes. Um, and it gives you that kind of 360 feel and you get to travel in a caterpillar. Who doesn't want to do that?
1: Yeah, and it's the caterpillar, you know? Yeah. So for me, the, the scene that I really miss from the ride uh, that's in the movie is the walrus and the carpenter.
0: Mm, yeah,
1: like, like I'm just like this is so random. It is know? random. Like, they're, they're telling a story about a walrus in the carpenter. Like, where did this like Tweedledee and Tweedledum man? They're they're pretty. They're trippy. They're pretty, yeah, they're pretty trippy. But yeah, uh, that's it's just like they they said they told the story for no reason at all. Yeah, you know? uh, but that's what I remember. I remember uh, at extended care watching and then just sitting on the floor watching that scene, and I'm just like. What is going on? (laughs) Yeah, those poor clams. Right, yeah, those poor little clams. All right, so after Alice in Wonderland in 1953, they came out with the movie Peter Pan. So did that influence you at all or shape you at all?
0: I don't know. Um, I do remember always wanting to ride Peter Pan, but um, it always being a battle with our parents because it's such a long line. Like no matter how, how many times you like, Try to rope drop it. It's always a long line.
1: And like either, like any park that this ride is in, it's a long line anywhere.
0: Yeah, I don't understand it. But it's a great ride. It's fun. Um, The movie itself, I mean, I always wanted to have pixie dust and fly. But, you know, being a realist, I knew I couldn't.
1: Right. Did you ever get creeped out by the fact that Peter Pan is like abducting children?
0: No, um... I feel like the the movie that more influenced my childhood than Peter Pan was Hook.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I love that movie.
0: Yeah. What
1: what um I mean I, I know it's not Disney but <laughs> what did you uh like about Hook?
0: Um it's just that aspect of cuz I I I had already watched Peter Pan so I knew, you know, who Peter was. Um the fact that it revisited his story, you know, and what happened after kind of thing.
1: Right, right. All right. Um, so yeah, I mean, and Robin Williams, Dante you know. Bosco in there.
0: Yeah, know? Rufio, yeah.
1: <laughs> Rufio. All right. So after uh, after Peter Pan in 1955, they came out with Lady and the Tramp. So do you have any memories of this movie growing up?
0: I do. I remember owning it. I remember watching it, but not multiple times. Only probably a few times.
1: Yeah. Same. Same. Any any iconic scenes that you actually like? Really remember from it?
0: Um. The Siamese cats; those ones creep me out.
1: Oh, the whole song "We Are Siamese." Yeah,
0: those cats were so mean, and they always creep me out. And I feel like it fed into my dislike of cats.
1: <laughs> those those Siamese cats themselves. right?
0: Yeah, they're so mean.
1: They are really mean. They they were <laughs> they were super mean. Yeah. So, did you get a chance to watch Lady and the Tramp uh, Disney Plus original movie?
0: I did. They were also mean. <laughs> yeah.
1: Right. Exactly. But it's like you know why did they why did they give them these like moving lips and stuff? I don't know I don't know <laughs> um, it was it for, was
0: an okay movie the um live action
1: for me the uh the the scene I remember is that bella note song and, oh yeah, uh, I mean
0: that's classic
1: yeah, at tony's and it, you know outside in the alleyway that's that's like the iconic thing, and I think everybody remembers that one
0: well yeah, it's like in all disney uh propaganda i suppose like um when when you have like something romantic that's the scene that they like promote oh definitely Definitely. it's in world of color and everything you know
1: that is the scene all right so next movie that they came out with in 1959 was sleeping beauty so how was this iconic to you or how did it like influence you at all
0: i feel like this was one of the movies that Fed into my unrealistic expectation of Prince Charming because of Prince Philip, you know, this is the first prince that actually talks a lot, and he has more lines than the Princess, and he's like this um gallivant, you know, kind of hero that saves the the princess that's a damsel in distress. Um, we talked about it in the Disneyfication, and it it did kind of skew. My perception of you know masculinity and whatnot. Um, it definitely was the precursor to like Little Mermaid for me um, because I always equated uh, Eric and Philip to in the same kind of category.
1: So they're like the masculine dudes who save the princess type of deal, right? Right. Yeah, it's so interesting. I uh, for me, I uh, I never really got into Sleeping Beauty. I I've wa- I remember watching it, but it didn't really stick out in my head. Like it's not one of those iconic memory type things that I have.
0: (laughs) Even with a castle?
1: That's the only thing that stuck out was the castle itself. I mean, they had a walkthrough before and then they have a walkthrough now that was revamped.
0: I much prefer the revamp. Same, same. Especially since they pump AC through it now.
1: (laughs) Right, yeah. I I like that now, but that's, that's it. Like the castle and... You know, meeting meeting Aurora and Philip. That's it. You, they're not really the actual movie. It didn't really shape anything for me.
0: Interesting. Uh,
1: you know, but I do I do recall Maleficent. That's one. That's you know, as the dragon. That was what I remember most from the movie was her as the dragon, and then Philip slaying her. That's that's what I remember. Like he throws the sword. Right. All right. So the next movie we see here that they came out with in 1961 was 101 Dalmatians. So how did that influence you at all?
0: It fed further into my need for a dog. <laughs> oh, <laughs> if, you, if you recall uh, growing up, every birthday, every Christmas, every big whatever, I was always asking dad to, that I wanted a dog.
1: Yeah, you were always telling him, I want a dog and have a dog.
0: Yeah, yeah. Every year, same thing. My birthday or Christmas or whatever. I'm just like, can I have a dog? We go to Ceramonte and we go, we pass a pet store. I'm like, I want that dog.
1: <laughs> How much is the doggy in the window, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's like you see the, you see 101 Dalmatians on screen and it's like, oh, doggies. <laughs> well,
0: I'm like, they can handle 101 Dalmatians. Like I can handle one dog.
1: Right? Just you know? one, right? Just one. <laughs> it's okay. You have, you have a dog now. You have two dogs now. Yeah. Now. Yeah, but you wanted one before.
0: <laughs> yeah, I wanted one growing up.
1: For me, uh for the 101 Dalmatians was just like I I remember watching it more than a few times and I always loved seeing the dogs on screen and then there was that what was the name of that that cereal for the dog kibble. It was like
0: Oh yeah. K9
1: Crunchies. not yeah. be Beat, right? Like Yeah. <laughs> I just remember that. It's like the jingle. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, K9 Crunchies. All right.
0: Yeah. Also, I feel like the one with 101 Dalmatians, I rewatched the Glenn Close live action more than I watched the animated one.
1: Oh, okay. And the
0: scene, but the scene in the animated one that I remember the most is um, when the dogs start like doing like a telephone type thing where they're like calling across the towns.
1: Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. To spread the word about the dogs that are missing.
0: Yeah. That's what I remember the most.
1: That was pretty. That's a pretty good scene, too. All right. Oh, uh, what about what about the the music from that like The Cruella de Ville? Is that is that something that really resonated with you?
0: I mean, you know, how I feel about jazz. I love it, but no, it didn't it didn't feed into my to anything really.
1: Oh, wow. Interesting.
0: Yeah. Surprisingly.
1: It is a bit surprising. All right. So, the next movie they came out with in 1963 was The Sword in the Stone. Did you uh remember watching this at all as a kid?
0: Nope. <laughs> I don't remember watching it at all. I do remember a few scenes from it. Like Arthur pulling the sword and like some something about Merlin or Archimedes, but I've I have I i do not remember watching it all the way through, and I kind of only remember the carousel and this actual Sword in the Stone in Disneyland. Wow, yeah, that's
1: interesting because for me, I remember watching it at at EDC. That's where I remember watching it, not not at home because I don't think we had the movie.
0: Yeah, that's probably why I only remember scenes. Oh, right,
1: right. Because like when you get into the the daycare, it's like they had already started it or they continued it from a day that you were not there or something.
0: Yeah. Or I'm like doing homework while I'm watching. Right. Or doing something else, playing something
1: else or you don't remember. Mm -hmm.
0: That's why I only remember like clips of it. (laughs) I don't remember watching it the whole way through like in one sitting.
1: They really played a lot of um, like interesting Disney movies and like Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. and.
0: Yeah. I do remember watching that ones. a lot.
1: <laughs> exactly. I, I don't know if people requested it, but I feel like people requested these movies. Probably. All right. So the next movie that they came out with in 1967 was The Jungle Book. So anything, did, did you take anything from this movie?
0: Their Necessities.
1: Oh, yeah. That's a good song.
0: Yeah, I love that song. And um, I want to be like you. ooh. ooh. That oh. one definitely fed into my <laughs> into my love of jazz. Nice. Yeah, yeah. It's just like the the sequences throughout there. Um, also, the Elephant March. Um, oh right, right, right. Just the t- the the different sequences in the Jungle Book. Uh, it feels classic to me. I don't remember ever like playing with things Jungle Book related. I was not very pleased with the live action remake of it, but you know, it's because I, it, I like. Uh-
1: it really made uh, John Favreau's uh, directing career go. It
0: did, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but I I uh, uh, appreciate the animated more than the live action.
1: I do too, actually. Um, especially like the way they started, where they open the book. You know, it, that's like one of the iconic things that they do. Like even they did that with Sleeping Beauty, where they open the book and it, they start telling the story, and then they jump into the animation.
0: Was this book like jeweled like the Sleeping Beauty book?
1: Yeah, yeah, it was. was Well, I don't think it was jeweled, but it it had like Jungle Book on it, you know?
0: Mm, I don't really remember the opening sequence.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's it's a classic though. (laughs) All right. So the next movie really had a lot of jazz in it and it was 1970, The Aristocats. Do you remember or did this shape you at all, this movie?
0: I remember it playing a lot at school. Um, yeah, yeah, I believe we owned it, but I don't remember ever playing it at home just because it always played at school and I never really wanted to watch it at home too. But yeah, it definitely shaped my, my love of jazz. There's so much different musical sequences, but I never really latched onto any of the characters probably because they were cats and, um, oh, and thanks yeah, to, uh, <laughs> the Siamese cats mess me up.
1: <laughs> yeah. it's like, I hate cats now.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, they, it was probably, um, one of my friends, she had two cats. Uh, like when we were growing up, I, I used to play with her. We would be clowny in Salem and we would be these like cartoon cats. And we would, it was like in kindergarten and we would have our own variety show. But then like, she invited me over and one of her cats scratched me. So (laughs) start, it started my hatred of cats
1: Keep the cats away from me, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, like our cousins' cats in New York—they're cool because they act like dogs. <laughs> so if if your cats act like dogs, they're they're cool.
1: But doesn't your dog act like a cat? Yeah, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> he's funny. <a> but <laughs> that's funny. It's like you know, you got the dog, but he acts like a cat. But then yeah. you don't like the cats. <laughs> yeah,
0: but I love my dog.
1: Yeah, exactly. All right, so the next movie that Disney came out with was in 1973. That would be Robin Hood and it wasn't like people it was animals and yeah. uh, what did you think of this movie
0: it was another movie that i only remember pieces of um, yeah same it's weird i i remember the was it opla opla da opla D or something like that the, yeah. the song yeah the song um yeah i only remember like i we met the characters in disneyland and like I, I i really don't even remember the movie as a whole i i remember um king john was a lion and Robin Hood was like a fox or something?
1: Yeah, he was a fox.
0: Yeah, that's pretty much it.
1: <laughs> yeah, same with me. It's just like, you know, I took parts of it piecemeal as a kid. And then I didn't really watch the full thing. So it's like, maybe I should go back and watch this, you know?
0: Is it on Disney Plus?
1: I don't even know, but I, I would try to see. <laughs> yeah,
0: I feel like it's one that I need to go back and watch.
1: Right, because this is like the classic animated. It's not, it's not there at the Dark Age movies, you know? So maybe.
0: Yeah. The Dark Ages, uh, (laughs) they're interesting.
1: Definitely. All right. So um, let's move on to the next movie, 1977, The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. This is the first full-length feature film that Winnie the Pooh had. Do you remember this?
0: Honestly, no. (laughs) I don't remember what happens in that movie. Um, I remember just owning a lot of stuffed toys and owning a lot of uh, different uh, merchandise related to Winnie the Pooh but it was probably more related to the animated series.
1: I think you're right because they had that um Winnie the Pooh the animated series on the Disney Channel and it was something that I remember watching a lot as a kid.
0: Yeah, and and I had the books um uh by what's his name A.A. A. Milne?
1: Yes. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah, we had I had a book set that had like the map and everything of the Hundred Acre Wood, and yeah, that's what I remember from Winnie the Pooh. Not really this movie.
1: And it's they always like create a new movie with different different settings or like different stories for Pooh and and friends. Um, so it's just like you know it's another another one of those things. They'll just invent something, you know.
0: So have you watched this this movie?
1: Yeah, uh, and that was when Sterling Holloway was Winnie the Pooh, right uh, before he he passed away, right? Uh, and Jim Cummings took over as the mm-hmm. voice so this is like classic sterling hallway right
0: i don't know jim cummings was always my pooh bear so i don't i
1: i know i know jim cummings is um iconic now yeah <laughs> when he took over he took over everybody i mean he he does pete too you know yeah so let's uh look at the final movie on this list which would be the rescuers part one n- in 1977 do you remember watching this at all
0: no <laughs> I don't even remember the rescuers. I I know they're like some agency. Is yeah, that right? they're, mice. They're, they're mice with some was it a rescuing agency? I don't even know.
1: Yeah, they yeah, they they had to rescue another mouse that went went missing, right?
0: <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember watching it.
1: Yeah, it's a bit forgettable. So, <laughs> you know. And I mean, I loved the rescuers down under, but that's because they were in Australia and there's a lot more, you know, exciting animals in Australia.
0: <laughs> I still don't remember Rescuers Down Under. I feel like I've watched it. I just don't remember it.
1: We, we did have that one and I watched that one a lot. But the first one was just like a blur for me. Because hmm. I, I would, this movie and The Great Mouse Detective, I kind of like, this is the same thing. you know? <laughs> Oh, is it? <laughs> no, it's not. It's not because The Rescuers takes a place in a more contemporary time period. But the Grace great mouse detective is like Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, period, but they're right? mice. <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, the, the concept's the same. It's like mice detectives, right? Rescuers are private eyes. So was, you know, Basil of Baker Street. <laughs> yeah. But that's the last movie uh, in the uh, classic animated movies period. So what overall, what did you think of this period in shaping your childhood?
0: I feel like they're scattered throughout our childhood, really. Um, they have like different minor touches in our lives that you know shaped who i was as a person but i feel like they weren't as binding so to speak as the renaissance period those were the movies that i remember re-watching over and over and over again and i feel like it has a has to do with the fact that um they were catering to our audience then whereas the classic animated movies were catering to that generation you know Um, So it was kind of just like a rite of passage watching these movies from a a long time ago and seeing if they could um, stand the test of time. And some of them clearly did and some of them did not.
1: Yeah, it's always interesting to take old generation movies and then show them to the new generation and say, what did you think? Right. Because it's like some people, some of the kids will get it. And then some of the kids are just like, what was that? You know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I feel like. Now it's more of a thing to watch when you're older where you can analyze it because you have that understanding of time and you can like look at it from a lens of that was during that time and you're capturing their culture, you know, during that time and and the different influences and you can compartmentalize it.
1: Yeah, definitely. So when you're an adult and then you go and watch through these movies again, at least they have something like Disney Plus where we can go back and then find a lot of them
0: Mm -hmm. and then
1: say... Oh right, yeah, we'll rewatch this and then see what you know they they were thinking at that time. But yeah. when you're a kid, it's just like it's probably not going to stick because it's not new. Yeah, the new things for the kids usually stick, and then they're like, when they get older, yeah, that's the thing I grew up with, right?
0: Yeah, but I think the thing that really stuck with me the most with these different films and the animation animated films is the animation style. Right. I always held Disney's animation on a pedestal compared to other studios
1: yeah because I remember like even watching movies from our time growing up, we watched different animated ones, and it's just like this is not a Disney. it doesn't really hold up to it. You can yeah. see it's sloppy, right yeah. it, it looks sloppy, not not yeah. refined or polished.
0: yeah, that's something to say for for this classic period, definitely. They had a real pride of work, and it's it's evident in every scene, just never pause a Disney movie because you you can see how smooth their transitions were with, with animation. But if you pause a Disney movie, you'll get a weird face on it almost every time since that's part of how they animated when they hand drew. They needed those weird faces.
1: To do a transition, right?
0: Yeah, to make it smooth.
1: Yeah, uh, and, and they, they had that down. So other studios, it's just like, where are the defining lines? Sometimes it doesn't the shape doesn't match. Actually some Disney movies like are like that too, but
0: especially during the dark period.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But they've since fixed it and it's all good. So
0: (laughs) yeah, but it's amazing rewatching these uh, classic movies, even, even though they have like remastered it. So you have cleaner color and whatnot. It had a depth of field that you could definitely appreciate if you appreciate animation. Um, And if you ever have the chance, if you're ever in the Bay area and it, is reopened again. You should check out the Disney Family Museum that we've um, mentioned several times this this episode, uh, because they have um, they explain the technology of how Walt and his animators were able to get that depth of field.
1: Oh, you mean the multiplaner camera that yeah. I works mm-hmm. invented? Yeah, yeah, it's huge. That thing it's is huge. huge.
0: Yeah, I mean nowadays it's really easy with CG, but. Um, back then they had to get creative and their colors were always on point and you could always see, especially in snow white when you're going through that, um, the forest and those trees are passing by you, you feel like you're doing that too. You know, it's not just snow white.
1: Right. Exactly. All right. So yeah, that was, um, that was the classic animated movies and how it shaped us growing up as Disney fans. So, uh, Anything you want to tell our listeners in closing?
0: Yeah. Um, hopefully you guys find this series interesting. Um, we're getting a little bit personal here, uh, but hopefully you get to know us a little bit more and hope you enjoy and you can tell us how Disney has influenced your lives. I hope you're staying safe out there and hope to catch you next time.
1: So yeah. Thanks guys for tuning in to this episode and for you know listening to how these anime, classic animated movies shaped our childhoods. How did they uh, affect you guys growing up? Uh, you can always let us know in a comment or you know leave us an Instagram comment as well. And uh, thanks for listening in. And on behalf of Rissa, I'd like to say, keep your watches synced to Disney time. See ya.
0: Bye.